Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from the Herbie Smith Freehills Pensions Practice. I'm Tim Smith, the professional support consultant here in the pensions team at HSF, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Jane Beverley, a professional trustee at Lord Adventure. Jane, thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's very good to be here. We've invited Jane uh, to speak to us today about life as a professional trustee um, to give you an insight and a flavour into what life as a professional trustee is like and some of the challenges that schemes and professional trustees are facing at the moment. So before we get into the detail, Jane, could you just tell us a little bit about your career journey to date and how it is that you became a professional trustee? Thanks, Tim. So uh, for 15 years, I was head of research uh, at XBS Pensions Group, doing something really quite similar uh, to what you do, Tim, um, in terms of monitoring the latest developments and making sure that my colleagues knew about them and also clients knew about them as well. 15 years is a long time to be doing any job. And I found myself thinking about what I really enjoyed. And that was the opportunities that I had to sit uh, around a table with other trustees, uh, find out about what were the issues that concerned them, uh, to think about ways of training them and working with them uh, in that role. And over time, I decided that actually the best way I could do that was by becoming a professional trustee myself. So I joined Lourdes uh, nearly four years ago now, and I now work uh, across 10 different pension schemes, and they range in size from uh, my largest schemes, I've got three schemes in the multi-billions, uh, my smaller schemes are in the tens of millions. So I, I see a range of, of different challenges um, across all those schemes. And what's that move been like for you? What's it, what's it like moving from advisor to trustee? What's life as a professional trustee like? So I, I think for me, the biggest change initially was actually moving from being the person who had all the answers. Um, people used to come and ask me their difficult technical questions to actually asking those questions myself. And I think over time, I have got much better at doing that. I think originally some of my questions were probably along the lines of, this is the answer, isn't it? Um, and I, I think I've, I, I've developed in terms of how I actually ask those questions uh, in, in, a, in a more effective way that also helps to elucidate the issue for the other um, trustees on the board. You ask what life as a professional trustee is actually like. It's really hard to sum it up. It is the most varied job. I've ever done uh, in my life. I work with a huge range of people in 10 different schemes. That's 10 different groups of individuals that, that I work with. And each one of those groups of people bring different things to the mix. And I honestly feel that every day I learn something new. Every day I do something I've not done before. And, and so for me, that, that's one of the, the big attractions of it. I've never done a job that has such a high percentage of interesting work in it. We all know that in our jobs, there's always, you know, a, a certain love of this is boring admin work. Um, I wouldn't say there's none of that as a professional trustee, but the interest factor is, is really high. Hmm. And what are some of the kind of challenges you're grappling with at the moment? So just, you mentioned that you work for a range of different schemes. So you, you're, you'll be able to see things from a number of different perspectives and probably coming across similar issues for some of those schemes. What are some of the key challenges you see within the industry at the moment and that you're coming across through your role? Yes, yeah, so a number of my schemes are on the journey to uh, buyout, or indeed in one case, they've actually already completed um, a buyout and uh, are in the process of, of winding up. And that's obviously 
an area that is of increasing focus for all professional trustees. I think slightly unusually, I don't actually have a scheme that's in the process of transacting at the market at the moment. But as you'll be aware, the market is, is really active at the moment with, with lots of opportunities. And what I would say, having done a number of buyouts, uh, buy-ins and on the way to buy-out now, is every individual scheme has a slightly different journey. So we know roughly what the, 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 the tram lines bit look like, but actually there are unique challenges to, to every single scheme. That could be particular historic data issues. It could be the particular wording of the surface rule, for example. And surplus is definitely a, 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 an issue that is emerging much more on my schemes than uh, it was uh, recently. Uh, you might be aware, actually, it was the theme of the recent Lord uh, debate um, was uh, uh, what, what was the most effective use of, of surplus. Yeah, certainly an issue we're coming across uh, increasingly as well. Um, and one issue that's kind of coming up a lot in the press at the moment and it seems to me that schemes I think are getting a bit of bad press around this is around investments and you know calls for DB DC schemes to be you know offering more support to the UK economy investing more in growth assets I'd be interested for your perspective as a trustee on that debate and 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 what your views are on on the kind of where we are at the moment and, and where we ought to be um have you got any thoughts on that I think I'd, I'd probably want to differentiate between DB and DC schemes um, initially. Um, it's certainly true that DB schemes invest a lot less in growth assets than they used to. Um, but one of the reasons for that is the increasing maturity of uh, DB pension schemes. And I think it would obviously be completely counterproductive to say schemes that are, are fully matched, uh, approaching buyout, should start having to invest in um, growth assets and, and, and generate um, excess return, unless you know you can imagine scenarios where perhaps there's a DC section in the scheme and those excess returns could be used to, to, to fund that, that section. But I think those are less frequent um, scenarios. I can see the argument more from a government perspective on the DC side that these are assets that are going to be around for a long time um, and that these are that there are opportunities there to use those assets within the economy. But as a trustee, the challenge has always got to be, what are the right assets for us to invest in for the benefit of our members? And to the extent there is a divergence between what's in the interests of members and what's in the interests of the economy, a trustee is always going to be led by their fiduciary duty to invest in the interests of the member. And I think there's no easy way of, of getting around that challenge. Yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier some of the challenges you're seeing kind of within the industry as a trustee. If if there were if there was, say, a change you could make within the industry or perhaps at a policy or regulatory level to improve things either for trustees or for members, what would that be? So it, it's a really interesting question. In my previous role, when, when I was head of research, I probably have had a long list of uh, here are the 20 regulations I'd most like to see repealed. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, Tim, you've got a list like that yourself as well. It's probably even yep. longer than that. <laughs> but actually, my experience of having been a trustee has probably changed my, my view on that. And I think now the one thing I would like to do is to see pension schemes value administrators more. I think we have a real 
recruitment and retention problem in the industry and pension scheme administration in the UK. He's not seen as that exciting a career. It's not seen as a, a valued career. And yet these are the people who are making the real difference to members experience um, on a day to day basis of their pension scheme. There's, there's a sense in which what the actuary or the lawyer does is very valuable but it doesn't generally feed directly into member experience, whereas what the administrator does feeds directly into that. Um, so that would be the, the thing I would want to do, actually, is just to say, let's value administrators more. And uh, one call I would, out I would make to all trustees is to meet your administrators more often as well. Um, so some schemes uh, rarely, if ever, actually meet their administrators. And I think that that's a really positive step that everybody can take. Yeah, that's really good. I think, you know, that, that definitely resonates with me. I was talking just recently to disputes colleagues who were saying that the thing that tends to give rise to complaints most often is, is where something goes wrong with, with scheme administration and, and you know, pensions aren't paid on time or something along those lines. So I think that's a really, really important call that you're making. Anyway. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Jane, thanks so much for joining me and for sharing your views on a variety of different topics. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tim. I hope that uh, everyone who's tuned in has enjoyed listening. Uh, and if you'd like to be notified about future podcasts from our team, then please subscribe to our UK Pensions blog, Pension Notes, or subscribe via the Herbert Smith Freehills channels on Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you have any questions or feedback on anything you've heard today, please don't hesitate to get in touch with one of us or with your usual Herbert Smith Freehills advisor. Thanks again for listening.